0: coming up it seems like cj stroud is far and away the best quarterback in the big 10 can anyone compete with him for that spot in the fall you're listening in to locked on big 10 you are locked on big 10 your daily podcast on the big 10 conference part of the locked on podcast network your team every day in a locked on big 10 alongside jay stevens host locked on buckeyes i'm nate dickinson we're going to talk here quarterbacks in the big 10 and it's slim pickings right now jay and i talked about it here before coming on but there is a lot of experience coming back in this conference a lot of names i mean i'm counting like 10 11 quarterbacks that at least we've heard of before just from playing in the big 10 before we get to any of all of that though jay There's an obvious number one here. It is your Buckeye, CJ Stroud. Just how big is the gap between him and everybody else? Because it seems monstrous at the moment.
1: Think about the gap and how large, uh, how much time you think it's going to take between you getting into college and then you graduating. You think about you as a freshman, 18, 17, maybe 19 years old. You're young, but you're like, man, I have a long journey. There's a lot of time that's in between me right now and then graduating from college, not just that time period, but all the things that you have to go through to get to where you want to be. That gap that you think about between the freshman and senior year, that's what I think about. I think about the gap between T.J. Stroud and the rest of the quarterbacks in the Big Ten Football Conference. Stroud is amazing. I'm not saying the other guys aren't that good. But I think the gap is large. And now I'm not. And now the other guys I'm, we'll talk about in a minute, some are really talented, and I can't take that away from them. But Stroud is so good and From all accounts, it seems like he's getting better than he was last year, and he keeps widening the gap between himself and the other quarterbacks in the Big Ten football conference.
0: Where do you put him on a national stage?
1: Number one. Um, that was kind of a quick answer as well. Um, but I do think he's number one ahead of Bryce Young, honestly, If you want me to be frank, I think he had a better quarterback, better season last year than Bryce Young. I just think that he plays. Bryce Young played for Alabama. Bryce Young had a had a big drive against Auburn, and he won the SEC last year. So, I mean, there's a few things that went into his favor as far as him being the Heisman Trophy winner. But I do think um, Stroud Stroud is number one in the country. There's going to be guys at other places around the country that are going to try to be number one. But I do think. Um, as C.J. Stroud is the number one quarterback in the country, and everybody else is trying to catch up.
0: Let's move on to the rest of the Big Ten here a little bit, because I feel like, one, we just know the skill out of C.J. Stroud. You know what that offense is going to do at Ohio State. If it's not at a record pace, it's going to be really, really high-powered no matter what. As we go down here a little bit, I want to start with Aiden O'Connell, someone with Purdue who showed potential here, who a lot of people are saying is someone who could be someone to take a step this season, but he loses his top target in David Bell as well. It's going to be tough to overcome that, and it's going to be tough to win over on that side of the Big Ten as well to improve anything that he hasn't already. Who do you think this guy is as a quarterback? I know he's someone, again, who when we talked before going on right here, you mentioned as maybe like being the guy who maybe isn't just at the bottom in here in the Big Ten. As we've discussed, there's not a lot as far as depth and great, great quarterback talent right now.
1: No, he's up there. Um, losing losing David Bell is going to be huge. I don't think most people will, and even myself, don't really understand the magnitude and how drastic that loss is. However, um, he is there, and now you got to think about how he's going to be losing David Bell is one thing. I believe you have a, I believe it's uh, Tyrone Tracy, the kid from Iowa that transferred to Purdue. Name might have name might have been butchered there, but that's another one there that you have to think about. Well, how will he get integrated? How will things get better? Losing David Bell is big. It's huge. But I do think that he'll be able to overcome that loss during the season.
0: And then you've got him in a pass healthy offense too, right? It's one of those where Jeff Brom, he, he wants to air it out. He wants to be able to get things moving up and downfield. There's someone like a Peyton Thorne. I question what he'll be able to do this season, partly because he loses a guy in like Kenneth Walker who – Takes a lot of pressure off him as a passer. But at the same time, with Kenna Walker there, Michigan State wasn't the heaviest of passing teams. So I want to know exactly what the limitations are when the reins are kind of off of Peyton Thorne and his ability to really be able to throw it around. I mean, as far as like, the tier of guys who maybe could take a step up. And at least I'm not talking about even getting close to Stroud at this point, but I don't know what that next level is. But if we're talking about that second tier, I'd put like potential guys to get in there. Aiden O'Connell, Peyton Thorne, maybe whoever's playing for Michigan at that point, which we'll get to in a second. And then maybe if you could really surprise the new guy, Casey Thompson at Nebraska or Tungitala Baloa at Maryland, but that's like the very, very end of where I would sprinkle any sort of money if I was a betting man on this stuff.
1: Yeah, Peyton Thor's going to be interesting because I do believe Mel Tucker has something going on right now in East Lansing. We saw a little bit of it last year. A lot of transfers, has some more transfers coming in this year. So there's a belief in East Lansing that they're going to do something special. That belief is also on the shoulders of Peyton Thorne, knowing that he has to be the leader of this team and that he has to take advantage of things that he can take advantage of. No Kenneth Walker the third is going to be a huge loss, but something in me wants to believe that East Lansing is going to be a place that plays good football and has good quarterback play year after year after year. So I'm going to lean on more on the optimistic side for Peyton Thorne. You mentioned the other quarterbacks in the Big Ten that are kind of in that second tier. Um, Aiden O'Connell is there for me. Um, Peyton Thorne there for me. No. You, there's a big gap, but there is a gap. Don't get me wrong between no O'Connell and Peyton Thorn. But I do think that that second tier can hold a lot more people. Um, Talia Tonkavaloa, I do think it's there now. He's playing for Maryland, not the best talent out there that they have at, that they have over there. So I do think that hurts him quite a bit. If you put Talia at Penn State and you switch him and Sean Clifford, I think you get a better quarterback at Penn State, and actually would probably compete to win the Big Ten East, which ultimately will help you win the Big Ten Conference championship game in Indianapolis. So I think my second tier is probably going to be Aiden O'Connell, um, Tunga Valoa, Peyton Thorne. I want to put Cade McNamara in there, and I will. And then we'll get to this in a second. But I think Jim Harbaugh's hurting himself by playing two quarterbacks. That's all I'll say about that right now. The Casey, Casey Thompson's kind of the wild card because you just don't know what you're going to get from a Nebraska quarterback. Is it, uh, was it all Adrian Martinez? Um, Is it Scott Frost is holding these guys back? We're going to see kind of how things are going to be this upcoming year with Casey Thompson and who is to blame for the really subpar average quarterback play over there in Nebraska.
0: Let's talk about the Wolverines quarterbacks. J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara are both coming back. They both played last season, and you can't say it didn't work for Michigan, but you already said it. You feel like that's hurting that team playing two quarterbacks. What is the solution here for Jim Harbaugh as it looks at another season with two guys who could have this job?
1: It's kind of like having a substitute teacher at school. One guy or teacher, male or female, is going to be there consistently 180 days in high school. You're supposed to be there in, in class. All of a sudden, that teacher misses five days for whatever reason. Now, it could be health. It could be family. It could be bereavement. Whatever it is. But they miss five days out of 180. So the teacher's there for 175. The next thing you know, you have a substitute teacher. It's the same person every time, which is a luxury for the class. However, things just aren't the same. You are kind of hoping that the backup or the substitute does not come in and hurt things and mess things up. We have seen J.J. McCarthy come in and keep things afloat, keep things moving. We've also seen him come in and fumble during crucial moments. That's how I view the Michigan football quarterback situation. You have a guy in K. McNamara who is the starter. I think he's done everything he needs to do to submit himself as QB1 in Ann Arbor. Then you have J.J. McCarthy, who I think Jim Harbaugh is kind of doing this to kind of hopefully think he doesn't transfer. Talented kid, good quarterback, but I don't think he is the leader and the guy that helps the offense move smoothly down the field. That is McNamara's job. And so with Harbaugh being determined to play two quarterbacks, you're finding a guy that, well, you have the teacher in this situation, the teacher or the leader of of the offense in McNamara, that wants to do his job, but he has to make sure, but he has to wonder, is the substitute going to mess up the offense, mess up the flow? Just play one guy. Play one guy. Now, granted, you, you look at Alabama, and you say, well, Alabama made, made a switch in the national championship game. But they had already seen some things from of from, um, from from Valoa previously in the season that really propelled and gave Nick Saban the confidence to make that switch at halftime. I don't think you've seen enough from J.J. From JJ McCarthy to keep him in that role and to say, well, we're going to roll with McNamara, but we know we have a good guy behind us that can come back in and play if we need to. Don't do that. Don't make that. Don't do that to yourself. Stick with one guy. I believe that guy is Cade McNamara. We have seen him do phenomenal things. Make it to the playoffs last year. In Michigan, that was a great confidence boost, a great thing for morale. Keep that good thing going. I think playing two quarterbacks this year will do more harm than good.
0: Built Bar has all of your protein needs, whether it be just the Built Bar, which is a classic, buy now, 100% real chocolate, less than 150 calories, and less than five net grams of of carbs and sugars, with more than 15 grams of proteins. It's a Built Bar that tastes like a candy bar, this protein bar. Not only do you have the Built Bars, of course, the brand new Built Puffs are just flying off the theoretical shelves. They do most of their sales online at Built.com, which we'll tell you about in a minute. But these Built Puffs are marshmallows. You just pop them right into your mouth. You get that little protein shot to get you through your workout, through your workday, and on a Friday when you're waiting for the weekend, it can be that much tougher too, I know. So head on over to Built.com and at least try out the product. If you've never tried anything like this before, or your supplements right now just maybe aren't cutting for you as far as just how good they taste, Built Bar has all of the stuff that everybody else does, probably even better, while at the same time giving you the taste that we know is better, and we know it from trying it out ourselves. Everyone at Locked On really, really loves Built Bar if you listen to a lot of our shows. So head on over to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's Built.com and promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Well, I agree. I I think it needs to be one guy, even if it is McCarthy and you just want to unleash whatever that raw potential will be. But as you mentioned, Harbaugh seems determined to play two right now. Do you see any reason or any possibility that he changes that and goes with one guy, at least until he's forced to?
1: Well, we see the kind of want to change things a little bit and he kind of reverted back to his old ways, at least offensively. So I think he might get a push to change things, but I still think he's going to go back. If the, Competition is close. I think he's going to try and play, too. I think he's playing the transfer portal game. I, I, I'm I, still leaning towards that way. We're seeing the portal be so hot, so crazy, um, so wild right now, where players are hopping in. I think it was either football or basketball. I want to say basketball because I believe Doug Gottlieb was talking on his radio show. And he said there's 1,400 guys in the transfer portal in college basketball on the men's side at D1. Mm-hmm. That's not accounting for the women in college basketball or the volleyball on men or women's side. Just that one sport, and so I think he's partly hoping this is keeping the young man out of the transfer portal because he keeps playing a guy who knows he's a backup, and he's like, "Hey, sprinkle you in, sprinkle you in, maybe you'll take over." Not going to happen. Um, I'm just going to I'm just going to keep saying like, just play one guy. Not not a bad thing. Those that win have one guy who is the starter and roll with it. Not a bad thing to just keep one guy and name him a starter. Um, We'll see what Harbaugh does. I hope he changes his ways and sticks with one guy, but I don't know, man. Um, Worked for him pretty well last year. He might stick stick with it again this year.
0: Exactly right, yeah. If you make that playoff, you want to kind of keep doing what's working. Jay, as we get into the middle of the pack here, you have this group of quarterbacks who have – become i don't know if i want to say staples of the big 10 but at the very least to become staples of the middle of the pack in the big 10 when you're talking about a guy like sean clifford at penn state he's entering his fourth year of starting games there for the nittany lions tanner morgan is entering his fifth year of starting games for the minnesota gophers as he goes for year number six overall with that team spencer petrus of iowa is entering his third year starting games at iowa and then graham mertz multi-year starter at wisconsin as well This is a group of quarterbacks who have a lot of experience, but have yet to really show that kind of promise. And every single offseason, we've talked about, hey, these guys, if they have nothing else, they have time playing football in the Big Ten. All of them, at least at some point, have shown some sort of flashes of being able to do so with consistency. That consistency, though, is the missing piece. Can any of them find it this season, you think?
1: Um... Yes, I mean it's, it's a possibility. The one that I think that's most likely to get it is the one person we saw do it previously is is Tanner Morgan. It all depends on who's on the outside. Now, was that 2019 that season that they started off really hot in Minnesota? Uh,
0: I believe yes, that would have been 2019 when they went. They won. It went, they beat Penn State. Started out eight and zero. Ended up being at one point top ten, but then yeah, ended up not even winning the West. Yes.
1: Didn't win the West. Who won it that year? Twenty nineteen was that Wisconsin. Uh,
0: Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin won that last game of the season. And still, and whenever that game went on,
1: gotcha, gotcha. My reason for asking that was it's a long way. It's been a long time since twenty nineteen. Um, a lot has changed there in Minnesota. Different coaches are coming in. Um, players are leaving. Bateman is no longer there. I think it was a bit. That's a play I was thinking about. I think he was a big reason why Minnesota was so successful that year in twenty nineteen. But I think among the names that you listed, we're kind of on the same page as far as the tiers go, I think Tanner Morgan's the only one, absolute only one, that can move up. I think we've seen the best of Sean Clifford, which isn't that hot. I haven't really seen much from Spencer Pet- Petrus Petrus to make me think that he is going to move up. And Graham Mertz, sorry, buddy. you got to change a lot to get me to believe you are going to be that middle tier of a quarterback in the big 10 it's weird because i do think casey Casey thompson is kind of that middle tier quarterback and he's a newcomer now granted there are schools we did not list a quarterback for because those schools are not doing very well and they have quarterback issues and they are at the bottom of the big 10 but i think casey thompson is the one has the most he is the one that can wow people the most because he is a newcomer to the conference and this is a conference outside of O'Connell and Stroud and some of the other things we listed, they're not really that – the quarterbacks aren't that hot, aren't that good. Even when you think about um, – outside of Stroud and O'Connell, Peyton Thorne and Kate McNamara, they're not really guys that are going to go on to, to the NFL, maybe even be late picks in the in the NFL draft. Those aren't that kind – of, I mean, they may be late round picks, but, I mean, they're not going to do much in the NFL from what I've seen. This quarterback doesn't really have good quarterback play outside of Ohio state. That's it. And so Casey Thompson can come in, especially with a fan base like Nebraska and especially like a program that is trying to get back to the glory days under what, what they had in, in under Tom Osborne. He is a guy in previous decades before that he is a guy in Casey, Casey Thompson that could wow people, the people the most and be somebody to compete for the second best quarterback in the conference along with Aiden O'Connell, just because he's a newcomer. And, well, his competition isn't that good.
0: Yeah, it was it was in 2019, that Tanner Morgan season. I think it'll come down to maybe with this group, just who has those weapons? I mean, just to use that season as an example, Tanner Morgan had Tyler Johnson, now a Super Bowl champion with the Buccaneers. He had Rashad Baton, now a first-round draft pick and receiver with the Ravens. He, he still has, as he's coming back for a sixth season, along with Morgan, Chris Bell who's going to be an NFL wide receiver at some point too? all three of those guys were lining up alongside him in that winning season. So it's maybe just to measure that kind of stuff. If that's the question, I think there's a deeper conversation that needs to be had about who has the best weapons around there. But I think the point we're getting to is that I don't think any of us believe, or at least either of the two of us believe that any of these quarterbacks are going to just step onto the field in the fall and step up their games individually in a way where it's just going to carry a team to any sort of next level. There isn't, I don't think, that kind of quarterback here in the Big Ten. Maybe Aiden O'Connell is like the most likely candidate, but he's not someone you want to put your money on. I don't think. Still,
1: I would not go that far. I right. would not say you wouldn't want to hold the mo- hold your money with that one because O'Connell's special. Like he, there. Were, there, excuse me. There are special qualities with him. I won't say he's special like a trout. There are special qualities with him. I think he's the one guy that can be in, say, the quarterback, say, finalist or semifinalist award, semifinalist for quarterback awards nationally. He could be one of the guys that's maybe like number twelve or number thirteen in that list. It all I can't, but it goes to what you said. It goes to the weapons. Um, he's the only guy that I think on this list can be there. Casey Thompson, maybe, but what does Nebraska have as weapons? What is Scott Frost going to give his quarterback? What offense is he going to run? I mean, it all, I think a lot of the stuff in Nebraska is under Scott Frost, um, not under the quarterback, even though Adrian Martinez was not that hot. Um, I do think a lot of the stuff there was with the quarterback. I think O'Connell might be the only, I mean, that's how high I am on him, the only guy that can possibly be close to Stroud. The other ones, sorry, they just don't do it for me.
0: In recent years, Jay, as I want to bring this a little bit big, big picture before we go here, it, it seems like it's only been Ohio State who's been able to produce the kind of quarterback talent to really, really compete at the national level. We, we've had flashes of guys maybe have the potential or we think could do it at some points, like like a Graham Merckx or a Michael Penix Jr. at Indiana without much of a disaster that was. But it's been a while since we've seen anyone from another school really step up in the Big Ten under center. Partly because it hasn't been needed, right? Uh, Defense dominates in the Big Ten. The Midwest states are more known for developing those big guys in the trenches when they're recruiting and things like that. Well, So while you don't need it really to win in the Big Ten, I think it's been kind of proven that it doesn't work against the SEC teams, that kind of defense and hoping your offense can keep up strategy. Is there a way for the Big Ten to get back in? On the game with these big recruits, because I think they built up a reputation right now, where unless you're playing for the Buckeyes, you're not playing for a quarterback-friendly conference.
1: Yeah, it's really easy actually. Recruit like the SEC and recruit like Ohio State. You may say, Jay, that's crazy. You may say, Jay, that's not going to happen in the Midwest. Well, Ohio State found a way to recruit like an SEC school in the Midwest in Columbus, Ohio. So I don't think it's crazy to say that a Purdue or a Minnesota or a Wisconsin or an Iowa or a Michigan can recruit like a school in the South so that they so that they can compete with the schools in the South. I simply think it's that simple. If you want to beat them and they have the better teams, the better teams every year, you're competing with Alabama, Georgia, Clemson every year to be in the national championship game. Now, granted, there are going to be other schools sprinkled in there, but primarily it's going to be Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson. That's it. And so when you think about that and you add and you sprinkle in sprinkle Ohio State, Ohio State has the speed of the South. They have the athletes of the South. They go into Alabama, Georgia. A lot of South Florida kids will go to Ohio State to play football. Kids in Texas will do the same thing. Why? Because something is special at Ohio State that they want to play for, play at, and be a part of so that they can have a chance to win a national championship. Notre Dame's also a school who's in the Midwest, Southern Indiana and South Bend right near the border between Indiana and Michigan that can do things at the national stage that other schools in the big 10 can't do. What do they do? Recruit players that can play against anybody in the country. So Ohio state, excuse me, not Ohio state, the big 10 quarterbacks aren't that hot, but the big 10 talent at other teams isn't that hot either. You have to recruit better talent to be like them or find ways to, to build up and make a talent, turn it into what they're doing once you get those recruiting recruits in campus. Harder to do the latter. It's really hard to do the former as well. But you have to recruit like the South, the teams, the elite teams in the country to beat them. Yeah, easier said than done. But I do believe that's the way to do it.
0: It's still going to be Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. And I think you did leave out Ohio State too, Jay, every single year. At one point, I did going to be every single year in the playoffs. And if you want more coverage on Ohio State and the Buckeyes, football, basketball, everything else, Jay Stevens has it for you over at the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Jay, thanks for joining us again here on Locked On at Big Ten. We'll talk to you again next week. Before we let you go, remind everyone where they can get all your stuff.
1: Guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. The Locked On Buckeyes podcast, just like Locked On Big Ten, you can catch it on YouTube and the Odyssey app, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Spotify, or wherever you get your fine podcast. It is free and available wherever you get your fine podcast.
0: I'll be back to wrap things up in just a minute. Thanks again, Jay, for coming on. No problem. It is prime time betting season if you are a sports gambling fan. Baseball's in full swing. Basketball's in the middle of the postseason as well as hockey. The Kentucky Derby is tomorrow. It's going to be a whole lot of fun over the next couple of weeks and months if you're someone who likes to put your money where your mouth is and your sports takes. And Bet Online can make sure that you're saying and putting your money on the right things. Bet Online is more than just a place to get all your bets, and they have all the bets free to place all the lines, parlays, any sort of combination of ways you want to bet that you can. Bet Online has it up to date, and of course, with all of the latest trends. But also, you can get the information where normally you go from about five, 10 different sites maybe to get all your info on your games that you're going to bet on. You can just go to bet online, get all of the info you need all in one place and make it a one-stop shop for you. So head on over to bet online right now to see everything I'm talking about. Bet online, where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on Locked On Big Ten. Once again, thanks to Jay Stevens for joining us on today's program. A look at the news around the Big Ten that you may have missed over the weekend. In lacrosse news, both the men's and women's Big Ten tournaments wrapped up, and we have champions going back to the same school. The Maryland Terrapins, both on the men's and women's side, win the Big Ten on the men's side the number 1 seeded Rutgers or number 1 seeded Maryland defeated three seeded Rutgers by a score of 17 to 7 the final score and on the women's side Maryland beat Rutgers again final score there 18 to 8 as far as national implications the tournament draws were also over the weekend for lacrosse Maryland got the number 1 overall seed on the men's side also qualifying for the men's out of the Big 10 are Rutgers and Ohio State And Maryland is in, of course, on the women's side alongside four other Big Ten schools, a record five Big Ten schools in this tournament. It'll be Maryland, Johns Hopkins, Michigan, Northwestern, and then Rutgers. I combined those two there at the end. Northwestern, Rutgers, Michigan, Johns Hopkins, and Maryland. Again, a Big Ten record, five Big Ten schools in the women's lacrosse tournament. Elsewhere, the WNBA tipped off this weekend, and 24 former Big Ten players made WNBA opening rosters, that's according to Big BigTen.org. And finally, in some Big Ten basketball news over the weekend, Wisconsin got a transfer commit from former Wofford guard Max Klesmet. He averaged 15 points per game for Wofford last year, a Wisconsin native. He adds on to the Badgers roster of transfer additions alongside Kamari McGee out of Green Bay, who transferred to Wisconsin a few weeks ago. We'll have to talk to Ryan Herrings about Klesmet and their other transfers coming to Wisconsin when we talk to him on Wednesday. John Garcia, Jr., Director of Recruiting at SI, is back in tomorrow with questions on everything going on in the recruiting cycle. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson. This has been Monday's Locked On Big Ten.